Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Entree Pastors Podcast. This is episode number 148, and today I'm going to talk to you about how to avoid pastoral arrogance. That's the title of this podcast episode. Do you know any pastors who are arrogant? Don't point at them right now. Don't call them out. The truth is, if we all walk past a mirror, we might find one, because from time to time, we as pastors can tend to fall into some prideful places. That's probably true of all humanity, but there's just some things about pastoral ministry that can lend themselves to us falling into that trap. Ask me how I know. And today I want to call out one of them. But before I jump too deep into this, let me just kind of share my heart with you on this uh, Monday morning as I'm recording this. Uh, You'll probably be hearing this about a week from now, uh, but I'm recording this at a time that my heart is pretty soft and tender. Uh, I just got back from Florida over the uh, late last week. I was able to go down and spend some time with a mastermind that I'm a part of that was uh, brought together years ago by Dan Miller. And uh, as it so happened, um, you know, this meeting was on the calendar and about a month or so before um, we were to to meet together as a group, it was announced that Dan had been um, diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. And uh, by the time we made it down there, like he was pretty close to the finish line and stepping across the line of death into eternity with Christ. And I'm so grateful for the testimony of faith and salvation that Dan has. Um, And quite honestly, it looked like we were going to lose him while we were down there. And incidentally, he made it about one more day. Uh, After I got home, we got news last night that Dan has gone home to be with the Lord. And um, man, what an impact this guy has made on my life. But you might be wondering, why am I talking about Dan Miller on a podcast that's dealing with pastoral arrogance? Well, here's a small backstory. When I left Dan's um, place on Saturday, and we'd been, again, meeting with just an incredible group of people, kind of having a celebration of life, um, a memorial, little tribute time with uh, just recalling how Dan has impacted our lives and how we are going to carry on the legacy that he has imparted into each one of us. Um, I had a couple hours before I um, flew home and just uh, soaking up every last bit of Florida sunshine that I could, and I made my way to the beach to just kind of sit. It was kind of chilly, Florida weather, but still a nice sunny day to just go sit on the beach and listen to the waves crash in and just process uh, all that I had heard and just just everything, right? And as I'm driving in that direction, I thought, man, I want to hear Dan's voice. Um, He recorded his final podcast episode several weeks back. And uh, that has been a a regular weekly part of my life routine for years and years. I mean, I've never missed an episode since I started listening to Dan's voice many years ago. And so I thought, man, it's been a few weeks since, uh, since I've heard him on the podcast. So I just randomly scrolled back and I went, I was trying to go like way to the bottom of podcast, but I just got tired of thumbing down this whole list of podcast episodes. So I just randomly picked one. And incidentally, it came from like February of 2011. So this is going back quite a few years, and I just hit play on it. And man, I don't, I don't know if I believe in coincidences because I'm getting ready to play a quote uh, from that podcast episode that so 
ties in with the message of entree pastors. And I think what's so cool about this is here I was just kind of in my mind feeling more emboldened than ever to be a voice for many other people, hopefully for you, like Dan has been for me, a voice of permission, a voice of hope, a voice of optimism, a voice of someone who's challenging you to challenge the rules, to challenge status quo, to dream for bigger and better things and to dream for what's possible and to break out of the smallness of where you've been and believe for a bigger and better life and a bigger and better future. And so that that's all fresh in my mind, right? And then and then I hear Dan's voice from years ago talking exactly to pastors. And so I'm going to share just a brief audio clip uh, from that podcast episode, and I'll be back when it's done just to uh, share a few thoughts. But without any further ado, hear these words from my friend and my mentor who's now home with Jesus, Dan Miller. Check this out. Here's our quotation for the day. Now, this is a this is a little longer, and it's a little challenging. It's one from Martin Luther. Now, not Martin Luther King, Martin Luther, the theologian, who lived a long time ago and caused all kinds of turmoil in the church world. This is, and, and obviously, you know, he was a monk and then a priest, but I mean, he lived in that kind of world. But this is what he said. Therefore, I advise no one to enter any religious order or the priesthood. Indeed, I advise everyone against it, unless he is forearmed with the knowledge and understands that the works of monks and priests, however holy and arduous they may be, do not differ one whit in the sight of God from the works of the rustic laborer in the field or the woman going about her household task, but that all works are measured before God by faith alone. Now, that's what he said, because he was seeing people who were you know, paid by the church who you know, would pull on their fancy collars and think they were better than everybody else. He says that kind of work, you know, doing church work tends, greatly tends to hypocrisy by reason of its outward show and unusual characters, which engenders conceit and a contempt of the common Christian life. Well, pretty powerful stuff there. I use it sometimes when I'm talking to pastors because there certainly can be that tendency to think that somehow there's a hierarchy of the work that God calls us to do. And there really isn't. I mean, we have to validate the work that your gardener does or that a housewife does in stay home or the guy who brings, we just had somebody drive up here in a delivery truck to deliver a special order that we had done. And I'm delighted we have people like that who do that kind of work well and help us you know, accomplish the things that we're trying to accomplish. So whatever you're doing, if it's an authentic fit, it uses God's talents that he's given you and you're using it in a way that benefits others, then hold your head high, do it with excellence regardless of what it is. You know, a lot of times, well, I could go on forever, but I won't. But, you know, a lot of times I talk to people who, you know, are wringing their hands, you know, and golly, you know, they're doing amazing work and what they're doing. I mean, just this last week I had lunch with a young guy who's an electrical engineer. Now, he makes, you know, $75,000, provides for his family, has a stay-at-home wife, a small child. I mean, just a lot of things in order. And he's wringing his hands, you know, wishing that God would open an opportunity for ministry for him. I'm thinking, my gosh, you know, do you have co-workers? You know, can you be a light in their lives when you're there? I mean, a lot of times I think people are looking for their ministry and they're already in it. 
They just refuse to see it as such and think that there's something special about, you know, going across the ocean to talk to, you know, people on that side of the world rather than here. But we have to be careful about identifying, you know, what is your ministry? I mean, I, I grew up as the son of a pastor and I really had this fear that if I submitted myself to God's will, you know, surely he'd make me be a missionary in Africa. To me, that was kind of the epitome of sacrifice and certainly not something that I wanted to do. Well, interestingly enough, as I've grown and matured, I I know that God has not called me to do that. But I have a lot of confidence that he's called me to do what I am doing. Now, you know, if I got a message to send me to Africa, I mean, it'd have to be repeated loud and long for me to recognize that it really was God, because I'm really confident that that is not his will for me. Interesting enough, enough, I have a son who can't stand living in the United States and feels at home only in Africa. And we laugh about that, share stories and, and share our own hearts about that, how he has the confidence that that's where he needs to be. And I have the confidence the good old U.S. of A. is where I need to be. But, you know, God calls us to different kind of things. So, be comfortable in what you're doing if you really have that peace. Man, I'm going to miss that guy and miss his voice. But uh, hopefully you can see where that was just profound for me, you know, coming straight away from that meeting to then hear Dan speaking to pastors and really speaking directly to uh, a theme that comes up often in this community. So how am I attaching that to arrogance? Well, let me tie this back to the quote that Dan shared from Martin Luther Uh, I think it's something in pastoral ministry because we do feel such a strong sense of calling uh, from the Lord to preach and to lead in the church. And and I'm not discounting that, by the way. I want you to hear that, Pastor. I have experienced that call of God in my life. I've run from it. I've wrestled with it. I've felt the glorious burden of it. I've surrendered to it. So I'm not discounting the calling, but sometimes I do think that we make it more than it needs to be. And we essentially say that because of the work that we're called to do, uh, and it's sacred, somehow the the work that other people do around us is somehow a little bit less than the work that we do. I've been quoted before on this podcast of sharing this, and I'll say it again. I regret, I'm so embarrassed to admit that there were multiple times from the stage as a young pastor that I said these words out loud. And why did I say them? Because I heard other pastors say them, and it fed an ego in me. And it went something like this. If there was anything greater I could be doing to build the kingdom of heaven than what I'm doing right now, I would be doing that. On its surface, that may sound like uh, you know a noble thing to say, but what am I implying? I'm implying that the work that everyone else is doing that isn't leading the church, that isn't preaching the gospel from a stage, is somehow a little bit less important in building the kingdom of heaven. And not only is that arrogant, Pastor, if you know, if if you tend to think that way, but here's the next, you know, challenge where we see our people struggling with that is then when you feel led to go out into the marketplace or you're excited at the idea of, man, what if I had my own little business or side hustle or what if I could make some extra money beyond the the subpar pay that I'm getting from the, the church? You know, What if I was able to get some more streams of revenue built up through something in the marketplace? Instantly, you're hit with this idea that, well, if I really believe in this dichotomy of sacred work versus secular work, 
then I have to wrestle with this idea that I'm somehow lowering myself, leaving the sacredness of this high calling to go out into this lowly, secular world and do work that is a little bit less than this thing that I've been doing as a pastor. Can you see the arrogance in that? And can you see how that arrogance then can really keep you locked into a place where God never intended for you to be? Because I don't think that's a godly dichotomy. I don't think that's how Jesus views the world, as some some of us are called to sacred, holy, set-apart work, and then others are just called to menial, less-than, secular work, and it doesn't really matter as much as the work of those who are in the sacred arena. Let's reject that. And can we agree that it's all sacred under the lordship of Jesus Christ, that it's all sacred? It's all for his kingdom when it's submitted to him and when it's for his glory. And that business can be just as much ministry, maybe I could argue at times even more effective ministry that can take place out in the marketplace than can happen inside this, you know, quote unquote secular or sacred rather church work that we do. That's how you avoid it. You avoid pastoral arrogance by rejecting that flawed dichotomy of sacred versus secular. And you recognize that whether I'm getting up in the morning and going to my church office to write a sermon or to meet with somebody in the church who's going through something, or whether I'm getting up and heading off to my business where I'm doing counseling or coaching or writing or speaking or serving in a service-based arena or working in public safety or whatever the sector may be that I'm serving and adding value in the marketplace, it's all sacred under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I don't have to wrestle with feelings of inferiority that somehow I'm lowering myself to something that is less than when I step out into the marketplace that God can smile on that work just as much as he smiles on the work that he's called me to inside the church. Hopefully this has been an encouragement to you, and if there's anything that we can do to be of service to you in this arena of helping you overcome that mindset, please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know how we could be a blessing to you. One small favor I would ask of you guys, if you find this content helpful and if if you feel like you've had some value added to your life because you've listened to our show, whether it's this particular episode or any of the ones up to this point, could I ask a favor from you? Here's the call to action today. Would you please be willing to leave a rating and review of this podcast on iTunes or whatever the player or the platform is that you consume this content, whether that's Spotify or any of the the number of other uh, platforms that are out there, it really helps get this out in front of more people as it brings it up in the algorithm. So if you would just stop what you're doing right now and do a huge favor by leaving a rating and review of this show, I would be super grateful to you for that as well. So God bless everyone. We will see you on tomorrow's podcast. (laughs) 